I am very excited to begin this new series this morning. Uh, but today and in the following three weeks, we're going to be looking at what are commonly known as Jesus's I am statements. And we're going to be in the sixth chapter of John's gospel if you want to go there. But as you go to John chapter six, I want you to do a thought exercise with me. I want you to imagine that you are at a party and with people whom you have never met, right? Uh, that doesn't sound like a very fun party, but you go to a party and you don't know anybody, right? They have no idea who you are. They have no idea what your story is. They have no idea what you think about certain topics. You are essentially a blank slate to them. And so now imagine that someone at that party walks up to you and asks you, so can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Can you tell me about you? What would you say? How do you answer that question? How would you describe yourself? What do you want people to know about you, right? And so do you talk about what you do for a living? Or do you talk about your family? Or do you talk about your hobbies? Do you, do you talk about how much you love to eat ice cream at 2 a.m. in the morning when no one is looking? What do you talk about? Or maybe you talk about everything, including all those things, right? What would you say when someone asks you to describe yourself? Well, this series is us looking at Jesus and asking, okay, Jesus, who exactly are you? Now, I know we say Jesus' name a lot around here. That's kind of our thing, right? I mean, he's the reason we do everything we do. We sing a lot of great songs that proclaim his name, but the question still remains, who is he? What does Jesus want us to know about him? And so if you don't know much about Jesus, this series is for you. But I also want you to know that just because you've been a Jesus follower for 30 years, the Holy Spirit can still speak to you through this series. And so it's important for us to keep coming back to exactly who Jesus is. Because we have, as humans have this really annoying habit of either saying Jesus is someone he isn't or not believing who Jesus says he is. The most important thing for us to realize as we go through this series is that these statements by Jesus are definitive statements. Jesus is not saying, I might be, or I am this sometimes. Jesus is very clear. He begins the statement with, I am. Jesus saying, I am, is more like a blind person saying, I am blind. Right? Guess what? They're blind today, and they're going to be blind tomorrow, and they're going to be blind the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Because the fact remains, they are blind. Right? It doesn't matter how much you wish they weren't, they're blind. You can tell everyone else that they have 20-20 vision, but that doesn't do anything to change the fact that they are blind. Jesus' I am statement is who he is today and who he is in the future and who he has always been. Jesus' I am statements are not tied to the popular culture at the moment. This means Jesus' I am statements aren't always popular. But a lack of popularity doesn't change who Jesus is. He is I am. And so today we're going to be looking at, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And then over the next three weeks, we'll look at, I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. And then on Easter Sunday, we'll look at, I am the resurrection and the life. 
So again, if there's someone in your life that you would love to introduce to Jesus, this would be a great series for them. So please invite them. Uh, we are beginning something we are calling um, Make Him Known Initiative. And so what this is, is um, every week uh, we post uh, this sermon online, usually by Monday. And what we're going to ask you to do is every week you see the sermon post on YouTube or Rumble or whatever, Facebook, will you just share it? Will you share it on social media? Will you make Jesus known this Easter season? So share these sermons. If you watch another sermon from another church and you want to share that, please go ahead. I don't care. It's the same Jesus, okay? And so we want to make him known. Amen? Amen. So will you join with me in the Make Him Known initiative between now and Easter and just share the sermons? You don't have to do anything else. It's very easy evangelism, folks. It's very passive. All you got to do is click share. That's it. And then let the Holy Spirit do the work, do the rest of the work. Amen? So if you'll join us in that, I really, really appreciate it. Because people need to hear that Jesus loves them. Because people are drowning. They need to know that there's a way out. And so share the sermons. Now, let's get into the word. John chapter 6, verse 35. John chapter 6, verse 35. It says this. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. All right, so we need to understand the context of this story. Jesus did not just, you know, blurt this out one day, right? It's not like Jesus and, and, and the disciples were playing Scrabble or something, and, and Jesus just blurts out, oh, by the way, guys, I'm the bread of life. Just thought I'd let you know that, right? He didn't do that. He wasn't just like a, he was just blurting it out, right? He was saying this in response to something that was said to him. So if he wasn't playing Scrabble, what was he doing? Well, when you read John's Gospel, you may notice that John gives a lot of attention to the miraculous things that Jesus did while he was on earth. John wanted to, be, to make it very clear who this Jesus is. John understood Jesus is God in the flesh, and the signs and the wonders that Jesus was performing were the best argument for it. But the people to whom Jesus was speaking to in John chapter 6, they weren't really interested in any of the signs and wonders, right? Because they had a real problem. They didn't need the signs and wonders because they had a real problem. And a problem they thought that Jesus could fix. And their problem was they were really hungry. That was their problem. And I guess some people thought God sent Jesus to earth to bake them some bread. Now, it's easy for us to judge these people. Let's be honest. A lot of us can be just as dense as those people. But here's the big truth we need to grasp in order to truly understand what Jesus is saying. The people to whom he was speaking were indeed physically hungry. They were hungry as we humans understand hunger. They were focused on earthly things and needs and wants, and they needed Jesus to meet their needs in a very human and earthly way. Now, while Jesus cares about our physical well-being, he's more interested in our spiritual well-being. John chapter 6 is the perfect example of this disconnect. If you have your Bible open to John chapter 6, or if you have your Bible app open, I want you to look at the beginning of John chapter 6. Look at the very beginning of John chapter 6. You'll see that the beginning of John chapter 6 is the feeding of the 5,000. 
right? Do you remember this story? A huge crowd was following Jesus one day, and they got hungry. It was around lunchtime, right? And Andrew, Peter's brother, found a young boy with five loaves of bread and two fish. And so Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, and he fed at least 5,000 people. The Bible only mentions the number of men who were present, and so it's possible there were at least 10,000 people there. Now stop there for a moment. I want you to imagine that you were there. Imagine you're standing there, and all these people are around, and you're all hungry, and you personally witness Jesus using a kid's small lunch to feed the entire crowd. I would imagine we would be blown away by that. And maybe that would make us see Jesus for who he is. Well, if you did think that, if you did see that and go, that's who that guy is, you would be in the minority. Because a large crowd, a large group of this crowd, they were completely dense. In verse 14, after Jesus fed the 5,000, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. Now, I just call them this. That doesn't sound too dense. That seems like they know who he is. He's the prophet we were expecting. I mean, they just proclaimed it. But as you read more of the story, you begin to wonder just what type of prophet they were expecting. After he feeds the 5,000, we have the story of Jesus walking on water. So let's recap. Jesus takes a happy meal and feeds over 5,000 people, and then he walks on water. Now, if you've ever wondered how anyone around Jesus in those days could doubt who he is, it's because we humans are dense. The crowd had just witnessed two miracles, but when they have the opportunity to ask Jesus for something, anything, they completely mess it up. One day the crowd could not find Jesus, and so they jumped into their boats, and they, they sailed across the sea to Capernaum to look for him. And when they got there, they find him, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And when you see Jesus' response in verse 26, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand the miraculous signs. The crowd were witnesses to two very clear miracles, and instead of falling on their face before them, they placed an order for some bread. I mean, lunch was great, Jesus. But what about breakfast and lunch tomorrow? What do we have in tomorrow? What's on the menu? That's just a, that's such a human thing to do. So often we focus on the wrong things. The miracles are great, Jesus, but I'm hungry now. These guys were following Jesus because they thought he would keep their bellies full. Now, most of y'all know who Gordon Ramsay is, right? Gordon Ramsay is a world-famous chef, and he might, he might, I don't know, he might be able to fix my leaky pipe. But if, he, but if I keep going back to Gordon Ramsay to do my plumbing, then I am really missing out on what Gordon Ramsay can really do, right? Jesus looked at this crowd and he said, look at John chapter 6, starting in verse 26. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Now notice something. Notice Jesus said, don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Jesus didn't say don't ever think about your need for food. Jesus understands our physical needs. Jesus was fully God, but he's also fully human. Jesus knew what it felt like to be physically hungry. In fact, remember, uh, right before Jesus began his ministry, he fasted and prayed for 40 days. We just wrapped up a 21-day 
fast. He did it for 40 uh, days and nights, right? And so he went without food for 40 days and nights. So he understood hunger. And if you look at the story of Matthew 4, you will see that after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, that that's when the devil showed up to tempt him. The devil was too much of a wimp to go after Jesus at the beginning of the fast. He waited until Jesus was weak with hunger. Now, I don't know about you, but there's not much I wouldn't do for some good food, right? Especially at the end of a fast, amen? I'm not too proud to admit that, that while fasting, I typically get to a point where I'm picturing all the pizza and all the hamburgers and all the tacos and all the pie that I'm going to dive into as soon as the fast ends, right? My stomach is growling. My energy is low. And I would like to think that if you came to me toward the end of a fast and told me that you would give me any and all food that I want, if I would rob a bank, that I would, that I would say no. But i got to be honest, I would probably consider it. I mean, I wouldn't consider it for very long, but I'm really hungry, so I probably would consider it for a little bit. So hunger is a powerful motivator. There's that old thought exercise, exercise that asks the question, if you had no money and had gone days without food, would you be willing to shoplift in order to feed yourself and your family? It's a powerful question. When we are really hungry, we can become really desperate. No one would have been all that surprised. If Jesus had just given in to the devil just a little bit. I mean, he was hungry. And there was food being offered to him. He could take it. He could meet his immediate human need. But look in Matthew 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil showed up when Jesus was hungry and told him exactly how he could get some bread. And you know what? The devil was not wrong. He wasn't wrong. Jesus had the power to turn anything he wanted to into bread. He could take my truck out there and turn it into the most wonderfully freshly baked loaf of bread that we've ever seen if he wanted to. He had the power to fix all of his problems all by himself. He is God and he can do anything he wants. And yet, even Jesus, God in the flesh, understood that Physical bread was not as important as the words of life spoken by our God. But notice exactly how Jesus said this. He said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now think back to our verse in John, where Jesus said he's the bread of life. What's the connection? What's the connection? Well, for that, we need to turn to the very beginning of John's gospel. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, John wrote this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. So let's connect these, these, these thoughts. 
Jesus told the devil that, that man does not live on, on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now Jesus was referring to the will of God and God's commandments. But, but I think Jesus also knew very well that one day he was going to say the words, I am the bread of life. Therefore, I think Jesus is not only speaking to the devil, but he's also speaking to us. To us, Jesus is saying, bread is not all you need to survive. You also need me because I am the word. Do you see it? Physical bread is not enough. Why? Because you could have your fill of bread for your entire life, but no amount of bread is going to keep you from hell. No amount of bread will bring you true joy. No amount of bread can, can redeem your mistakes. No amount of bread can tell you why you were created. Now, while we sit in church, we all nod our heads in agreement to that. But then we do the exact opposite when we leave here. We leave here and immediately go get back into that rat race so we can buy more bread than our neighbors. And so instead of focusing on spiritual bread and the one who offers it, we choose to focus only on our physical needs. That's why the crowd showed up and basically said, hey, give us more bread. And Jesus replied, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Basically, he's saying, stop and think about how much effort you put into finding me just so that you could get some free bread. Imagine if you spent that same amount of energy into discovering just who I am. The crowd brings up the manna that Moses and the Israelites ate while roaming in the wilderness for 40 years. And they're asking Jesus to give the bread that Moses gave the Israelites. And again, they're just missing it. Because here's the thing, church, Moses didn't give the Israelites any bread. Moses didn't do that, right? He was not the source of their nourishment. God and God alone was the source of their nourishment. And so God provided the manna. And these people just didn't get that. And so in verse 35, it says, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Now, I have never claimed to be the world's smartest person, but I think Jesus is being pretty clear here, right? He is saying, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger again. That sounds good to me, right? I want more of that. And I get to spend eternity with you? I mean, sign me up. But that crowd that day was so dense. Okay, maybe that's unfair. Maybe we should just call them humans because they respond exactly how so many of us would respond. They grumbled. They become that petulant child that say, but, but, but what I actually want, Jesus, 
Do you not hear me, Jesus? I'm going to stomp my foot, Jesus. They become that petulant child that throws a hissy fit when they don't get what they want. But instead of, you know, giving us bread, this guy is saying he is the bread. Now look at how Jesus responded in verse 43. Jesus replied, stop complaining about what I said. Let me read that again. Stop complaining about what I said. For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, they will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone ever has ever seen the Father. Only I, who was sent from God, has seen him. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone, someone say anyone. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. There's a lot we could unpack there. But I want to make something very clear. Jesus made some very bold claims. I'm the bread of life. Jesus said he's the one to whom the Father sends people. He said that through him we can have eternal life. Jesus said it, it, he is the living bread that came down from heaven. Jesus said that whoever eats his bread will, will, eats his bread, will live forever. I mean, those are bold claims, and people have spent centuries either trying to tear them down or add to them. Jesus made these claims very clear. But again, notice how he began. Stop complaining. Stop complaining about what he says or who he is. This is Jesus saying, all your complaining about me does nothing. It doesn't change me. Complaining that Jesus' claim, uh, complaining, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Complaining that Jesus' claim that he, is, that he is the bread of life, that makes no sense. I'm moving on. Our thoughts about who Jesus is or isn't have a huge impact on our lives. He is, I am. You see, I am is a state of being. It always is. Again, yesterday he was I am. Today he is I am. And tomorrow he will be I am. Because he is I am. And there's a reason Jesus is talking about hunger and bread. The Christian author C.S. Lewis called it the argument from desire. Let me read you something that C.S. Lewis wrote. He wrote, Creatures are, are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there is such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there is such a thing as water. Men feel sexual desire. Well, there is such a thing as sex. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. 
If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. Humans are hungry creatures, right? We hunger for food. We hunger for success. We hunger for love. We hunger for companionship. We hunger for a lot of things. Hunger is a natural occurrence because God made it that way. It is God who created hunger. If God didn't want us to ever hunger for anything, he would not have made us uh, it would not make it possible for us to hunger, but he did. Why? Because he wants us to hunger. But not for Taco Bell, but for Jesus Christ. So many people, maybe you're one of them, they're walking around, living out that great U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Right? You can look your entire life to fill that God-shaped hole in your soul. But unless you are looking to Jesus to fill that hole, you're going to be searching and searching and searching and never find satisfaction. That hunger that you feel, that thing you feel like you're missing is God's way of drawing you to his son. But we resist, don't we? Just like the crowd. Maybe because we discovered Jesus isn't exactly who we thought he was. Right? The crowd didn't need any more magical bread. They just thought they did. But so often what we think we need is not actually what we need. Right? We come to Jesus telling him exactly what we need, and then we get angry when we don't get the thing that we asked for. We come to Jesus and we, we bargain with Jesus, right? We, we come to Jesus and tell him that we will do anything he wants us to do if he will just do this one little thing. Church, that's not how Jesus operates. For some of you, the thing that you think you need, the thing that's holding you back from following Jesus, that isn't what you really need. We're all tempted to work hard for things that don't last. Right? Things that break, things that let us down, things that disappoint us, things that, that cannot ever satisfy it. And so the question is, what is it for you? What is that thing that you are hungering after, that you are chasing after, that is ultimately going to disappoint you? Maybe it's your career. Maybe you're looking at your career to give you everything you need. But what if you're deemed redundant and let go? Some of you may be counting on your looks to get you everything you need. I mean, up to this point, maybe your looks have gotten you everything you need. But guess what? Your looks aren't going to last. What is it for you? What is that thing that you keep expecting to satisfy you? Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's partying. Whatever it is. Jesus is calling us to seek after him and him alone for every need we have. And countless people throughout history have done just that. However, who knows how many never actually found Jesus, right? I mean, some sought Jesus for magical bread only to be disappointed. Some heard Jesus tell them all that he, that he offered, and yet they walked away. Some thought, Jesus, uh, was, uh, some thought Jesus was thinking he was something that he wasn't, right? 
The hunger we feel in our lives is meant to drive us to the bread of life. But that means accepting Jesus for exactly who he is and who he isn't. We don't get to tell Jesus that the bread would be better with a little olive oil. If Jesus had put olive oil on the bread, you shouldn't eat olive oil on bread. And that is the point of this sermon. Not that Jesus may not like olive oil. That's not the point. Uh, the point is, when Jesus says he is the bread of life, it is meant to communicate to us that he is all that we need. It doesn't need Jesus and a little sprinkling of something else. Jesus cares about your physical hunger, but he cares even more about your spiritual hunger. You can have all the food in the world and never be physically hungry and still go to hell. He is the bread of life. Those who eat will always be satisfied. So in a moment, we're going to share a communion. But, in, but before we do that, I, just, I want to take a moment. I just want to read the Lord's Prayer to you. Now, if you know it, you can, you can pray it with me. But just listen with fresh ears. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. What's your daily bread? What is your daily bread? Is it Jesus? Are you seeking the bread of life or Panera bread? We're meant to hunger for the bread of life. We're meant to hunger for Jesus. Anything or anyone else will never truly satisfy. No one else can provide what we truly need. Do you believe that Jesus can give you everything you need? Do you believe that today? Do you believe, actually believe, that Jesus can give you everything you need? Here's a promise I'll make to you today. If you will hunger after Jesus, if you will give everything in order to discover Jesus, you will never be disappointed. You will never truly hunger again. Oh, you might feel some physical hunger from time to time, but your soul will never be hungry again other than hungering for more Jesus. So what are you hungry for today? Are you tired of that earthly bread? Are you tired of bread that spoils? Are you tired of bread that never truly satisfies? Maybe today is the day that you decide that today I'm going to hunger after the bread of life with everything I've got. I'll close with this. When my family's on a road trip, we will go out of our way to find a Chick-fil-A. Maybe you do that as well, right? Our kids love that place because they're good little Christians and know that it's mandatory for Christians to eat at Chick-fil-A at least once a month. If you don't, did you know that, look it up. Just trust me. Uh, but we, we go out of our way to, to get that chicken, right? 
We don't do that for any other restaurant. And so we find a Chick-fil-A and we get our food and then we get back on the road. And about an hour later, one of our kids is going to pipe up and say, I'm hungry. To which I reply, we just ate, right? Church, if Chick-fil-A, if Chick-fil-A can't satisfy you, nothing on earth will. <laughs> the only one who can truly satisfy our needs is Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we're going to share communion. And I want you, while we do this, to admit that thing in your life that you have sought more than Jesus. Or maybe you need to confess that you have not tried to make Jesus, or you have tried to make Jesus someone that he isn't. You've tried to make him somewhere, someone you want him to be. Or maybe you know that you're absolutely starving. You're starving. You're starving for some hope. You're starving for some love. You're starving for some companionship. If that's you today, come to the bread of life. Come to Jesus and live. So in a moment, as we share in communion, you are, as always, invited and encouraged to spend time down front uh, on these pillows or in your chairs in prayer. But I want you to name the thing that you are looking to satisfy you. Name the person you tried to turn Jesus into. And then repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't take you at your word. Or I read your word and I didn't like your word. And so I just didn't, I didn't want to get too close to you. I, I, I repent. Forgive me. And then enjoy feasting on the bread of life. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to hunger and search after Jesus every single day. Again, I promise you, if you do that, you'll never be disappointed. So come. The bread of life has been broken for you. And so come and eat. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so very much for how much you love Lord, I thank you that you have made us creatures who hunger. We hunger after all, all sorts of things, Lord. But the purpose of our hunger is to remind us to hunger after you. And so, Lord, I pray that this week, all those times that we start to feel hungry right before lunch or, or right before dinner, that we would stop and just say, Lord, I want more of you. I want to hunger after you, Lord. And maybe we find some time this week, Lord, just to, to get away and just read your word or to pray or to, or to sing some worship music. Just to search for you. Seek you, Lord. And as we do that, Lord, I pray that you would bless each person. That they would discover you in a new and exciting way. That anything that, that you have said that they struggle with, that they would bring it to you and say, okay, Lord, I don't understand this. I, I personally don't like it, but I, I know you said it, so Lord, I need your help in accepting it. So Lord, move. Have your way in our lives. Have your way. And draw us every single day back to the table to enjoy the bread of life. For it's all in the name of Jesus.